Hi, listeners. We have partnered with HYV Designs to bring you a discount on their store. Please go to etsy.com slash shop slash H-Y-V-D-E-S-I-G-N-S and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount on their items. They have everything from King's Light the Beam memorabilia to BTS light sticks to Genshin Impact coasters and much more. Check out their store on Etsy.com and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount. Link in the description. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 342 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, the Kings lose to the Rockets in Houston at um 89 to 107. It, this is not the Rockets of old. It is a better team, but this was a pretty bad loss. Uh, what say you, Fong? Yeah, it's a I want to say a pretty disappointing loss. I mean it just a lot it has to go to say for this game, I guess you could say. Let's start with let's start with this. Uh, tell me what you think. So uh, KC tweeted out after this game. So this is the tweet. Uh, it's a little unfair to say this without Fox, but the Kings look like they have an identity crisis right now. Through five games, they're too busy worrying about being the team everyone says they quote unquote need to be instead of being who they are and what made them successful. Um, what do you think of this quote? Yeah, I mean, we got to just figure out a way to, you know, play with or without Fox. With Fox, of course, you know, he's going to fill in a lot of holes that we have. But, I mean, we just got to figure out our own game and whatchamacallit. Because, you know, you, you just never know when Fox will be out again. And just after seeing this team today again, it's just such a different i don't know how to explain it's just a different vibe compared to what we saw during the warriors game well the vibe was well it wasn't that much different but they weren't making shots that was really the issue i mean like i i actually disagree with casey there now in the macro sense i can understand what he's saying basically what he's saying is that the king should just go all in on offense and not worry about the defense Yes, yeah, that did get them here. But if you just worry about defense, it can, or if you just worry about offense, you only go so far. We saw what happened last year. Now, granted, you can bring all the caveats you want. The bottom line, the Kings lost in seven games to the Warriors, and a lot of the a lot of it was because their defense just wasn't there yet. Now, you, we can we can talk all about that. That could be a whole nother podcast. But what I saw this game was just a team that just did not have it offensively. Now, when you have Fox, that is very different. Fox can get you a bucket. Like, you know, he is a, again, he is a force all onto his own. And with it, with those like really bad droughts that the Kings had, you can see where Fox comes in and just gets a bucket on, you know, Alfred Shingoon back there. Oh, uh, yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, it's too bad we didn't have him this game, but I mean, for some reason, I, you mentioned that he was going to be back with 
the Monday game against Houston again? So I, I don't have any confirmed. I'm not reporting anything. Do not accuse me of reporting <laughs> news. But uh, he was wa- looking to play this game. But, you know, ultimately he did not play. Chances are he probably will play Monday. I'm just going to just say that. I'm not reporting anything. Do not accuse me of shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I honestly expect him to be back Monday. Um, but either way, I just like my, the bottom line is the Kings offense just was not there. Their defense was actually really good for stretches. <laughs> it's a, it's so this is the most interesting thing in the third quarter, the Kings held the Houston to 12 points. The problem was they only scored 15. It was a very weird defensive heavy game up until then. And then in the fourth quarter, the, the Rockets managed to kind of break the seal and we're able to actually like really start pouring in points. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to some of the other stuff too. But you know, I thought I thought the Kings I, like they just didn't have it in on offense th- this game. Like you know, your entire starting lineup basically had bagels. Like you, like it says that um, Harrison Barnes made three or four threes. I don't know. I, I didn't. I almost forgot he was out there. He, he had some good defensive moments too. But like it's just. He, we probably just need more, um, but like you need more from the entire starting lineup. Keegan Murray, one for eight from three, three for 12 for seven points. You know, Davion Mitchell, three for seven for seven points. And Kevin Herter, two for eight for four points. Like, he's, And then Sabonis wasn't like great either. 11 points, 15 rebounds and uh, four assists. Just not great stuff. The bench was kind of what got you into this game and the starters just didn't have it. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, this is kind of just how I look at the game. Uh, th- so this game, they battled the Rockets, they battled the refs, or and they battled the rim. Let, let's start with the refs. Look, I'll, I'll say this: I hate talking about the refs. It you it almost is never when you when the when a team loses, it's actually almost never on the ref. Usually, there's a lot of stuff that leads up to it. But and if you look at the box score, like you know, the Kings had 19 fouls, the Rockets had 18. You know, the free throws, uh, the Rockets shot 20, and the Kings shot 19. So overall, it looks pretty even. But I will, but and you can make that argument. I thought I thought the refs were really bad, particularly against the Kings. Like they called so many touch fouls. I thought that were really unfair. But even if you want to scrape all that, there were two calls that were really really bad. That changed the momentum of, the, of this game. The, so the first one, I believe, was in the third or like towards the end of the second. Basically, the Kings had started building some momentum. Dylan Brooks, you know, who had a great game, you know, give him credit, was posting up Kevin Herter and does a bullshit rip through move where his back is to the basket. He picks up the ball and just flails, and it and it, it's a foul on Kevin Herter. That and that gave him two free throws for some reason, even though again his back was to the goddamn basket and he was nowhere near a shot, in my opinion. So that gave him two free throws. That kind of that kind of killed some momentum for the Kings. And then and then early in the fourth, Jalen Green drives to the rim against Davion, who had been giving him problems all night. By the way, Jalen Green, Jesus Christ. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying to give up on him, but like, boy, it does not look good. Jalen Green drives to the rim against Davion Mitchell. And lowers his shoulder, and then get lowers his shoulder, um, bumps bumps Davion off his feet. Now, of course, he's not in front of him technically, but like he leaned his shoulder to draw the contact. It should have been an offensive foul. Mike Brown challenges it, challenges it. The call gets upheld, and it's an and one. 
So these were two momentum shifting calls that basically just put the Kings into this giant hole like that. It was so hard to crawl out of just I thought the refs were terrible this game. And it really does not help the case when, again, the Kings are shooting like shit. And again, they're battling, let's be honest, a better Rockets team that, you know, it, that is that, you know, on certain nights like this night brought it and the Kings didn't. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we could learn from this and, you know, hopefully these refs aren't going to be in Monday's game. But, I mean, in terms of offense, I mean, that's all we I feel like we got to fix. Um, defense, it could I don't, I don't know what to say, to be honest. I thought I thought the defense was good, like for stretches. There was some there was like in the in the fourth quarter where I just thought like you know the the floodgates opened was really what it was it is Mm -hmm. what it is but like i thought they played good defense it's just they need to make shots and like it just sometimes the shots just come and go this is why i hated the way the kings played in the preseason you know they shot way too many threes this game 41 threes and they only made 11 and of course like you know you should be going to the rim more but I, i actually thought the rockets defense was actually pretty good so this is kind of the this is kind of like goes into my second point. The deep like the Rockets are not a dog shit team anymore. Now, granted, like some of their young guys, particularly Jalen Green, who's really the only young guy that gets minutes, was pretty awful. But like the rest of their team was pretty good. Dylan Brooks again was really good this game. Like I thought, that, I thought he got like I thought the Kings were a bit soft, honestly, t- towards him. Like they need to bring up the physicality, but with the with the goddamn reps being just how annoying they were with touch fouls. Specific, like I thought they, I thought the Kings just did not get the benefit of the call on a lot of these touch fouls, and you know they weren't as physical as they needed to be on Dylan Brooks because of it. And he just kind of bullied the Kings to a lot of easy buckets. He broke a lot of the, kind of the. He broke a lot of the Rockets' uh, scoring droughts by just, you know, attacking the rim and just being aggressive. But like, you know, the young guys, I thought, I thought were pretty bad. Like Jabari Smith, that was actually really good in the first half. In the second half, he was pretty bad. But like, the the veterans actually are able to stabilize stabilize this team. And then also the added benefit of these be- veterans, they're also very good on defense. Like. As much as, as much shit as we give Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks is really good on defense. Fred Van Vliet, he's six feet tall, but he, but that guy can actually like, you know, really, really defend, just really tough out there. So credit to the Rockets defense for making making the uh Kings, you know, offense sputter out of rhythm. But at the same time, the Kings just miss shots. Yeah, I mean, we had really good openings at some plays. Like you said, we just didn't hit them. <laughs> but um, yeah, in terms of the whole defense as a whole for the Houston Rockets, I gotta say it, it was annoying, specifically Dylan Brooks. I mean, he was on Keegan, which uh, of course, you know, had a very bad night. And then he put himself back on Monk, which, you know, deterred Monk to a point where he didn't really have an answer after, I want to say the second half pretty much. I mean, I thought Malik played very well. He was basically their best offensive player this game for, you know, 18 points, uh, 6 mm-hmm. of 13 shooting. I thought Monk was fine. Like, Dylan Brooks, I, I, he's a good defender, don't get me wrong. But, like, I think there's a lot of uh, love of the fame kind of stuff that he does. He's not as good as a defender as you would think that a that a all defensive guy is but like he plays hard he's tough as hell and you know he did bother monk a little bit i didn't but i honestly didn't think he was like crazy good on defense 
But either way, the, the Rockets' defense as a whole is really good. Uh, it was definitely a lot better than last year. And just, you know, they, they did do a good job of kind of suffocating the Kings' offense. So, you know, again, credit to them for doing that. But the Kings did just miss a lot of shots. And that's what I mean by they battled the Rockets, the rim, and the refs. It's just, it was just a bad game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that kind of goes on to a kind of another uh, – we already talked about it. There are no – there. The, the Rockets are not a dog shit team anymore, as I like to describe it. And there aren't that many dog shit teams in the league anymore. Like the Spurs, like it, it could be one, but they have, you know, the god of creation of uh, Victor Wembanyama on their team. And then like even, even a team like the Portland Trailblazers, like as much as I don't like him, like they have DeAndre Ayton, they have Robert, they have Robert Williams, they have Malcolm Brogdon, and then they have a bunch of young, you know, talent that could just go off. Like you know, young, dumb, and just full of talent. So, like, there are no easy games anymore. And it, on a night where you don't bring your A game, like the Kings did this game, you gonna get got. Yeah, well, let's hope this never happens as often as we should. But uh, I remember reading a comment asking if this was going to be the lowest throughout the rest of the season. I highly doubt it, to be honest. No, like, again... Sure, it's a bad loss, but it's the fifth game of the season. Like there, there probably will be worse games. Like I hate to break it to you, it's an early season, and you know we overreact to everything. And I, I, I'll talk about another tweet that I said. Um, that, let me look it up real quick. It's from Matt George, and you know I like Matt George, but he can be like this is um he almost does it as a gimmick. He he tends to like just love overreact to things. So here's this tweet. It's painful, but needs to be said. Two games without Fox and a big opportunity for Keegan Murray to step up as the go-to scorer the Kings need him to be. He's fallen flat on his face. 17 points, 7 of 27, 1 for 15 from 3 in the last two games. Look, don't get me wrong, not great, but the aggression is really what I'm looking for. You know, I, I know I sound like the guy, well, if they're still trying, that's all that matters. They like they, they don't need to make shots. Look, he needs to make shots, but like I, I like the aggression and just the the willingness to do it, as opposed to like you know, it, you know, to break to not to shit on him too much, but like don't be a Ben Simmons type where you, you just straight up don't shoot. I, I appreciate just a guy that just has the aggression and wants to do it. Like the results will come, and I think the results for Keegan will come. But he has definitely had a rough stretch of two games, like zero for seven last game and one for eight this game, and he missed a lot of wide open shots. Oh yeah, like I said, it's just the early part of the season, and hopefully by the time, um, I don't know, maybe week four or five, we'll uh, pick it back up, but. Until then, I mean, hopefully we could uh, learn from this. To be honest, the Kings, the Kings have been rough from three point, the three point land. Like their two main perimeter shooters, Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter, went one for eleven from three this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and then what five for twenty? Like you just, you're not going to win too many games when your starting lineup does this. It's just it's tough. And again, I just think that the Kings just didn't have it this game and. You know, they have like they have like moments. And this is the weird thing about the Kings on the road. They're more of a defensive team than are they are an offensive team. It's it's a very weird thing. Like, yeah, I don't fully agree with Casey's comments. I think you do need to be good on defense at some point. 
the, the main takeaway I have from this is that they, there there were moments of really good defense, but they sacrificed. They did definitely did sacrifice some offense, and their offense just is also just isn't happening right now. So like, yeah. there's a lot of things. I'm again, I'm not gonna freak out about this game. Like, I think part there's some carryover from last year where we still see the Rockets as again this dog shit garbage ass team that should probably be relegated to the G League. But again, they got veterans. They have guys to stabilize the ship as flawed as they might be, like guys like Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. They really stabilized the ship when things were going to fall out of control for them, like particularly in that third quarter. Like last year, we definitely would have punked the, punked the Rockets in the third quarter in this situation. But they are not that team anymore. They're, they're a little bit tougher. And again, they kind of got lucky with the Kings just missing a lot of shots. You know, the defense was good from the Rockets, but like the Kings missed a lot of open shots. Oh, yeah. And I got also mentioned, I think our rebounding needs to be a little more. We got to put a little more effort into it. But I don't know. Sometimes you can't uh, help uh, having those long rebounds uh, go out of hand. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the thing with long rebounds, they just happen. It's the it, the inexcusable ones is like the ones that kind of fall like in the paint. And it just looks like no one's ready to get it. Those are the ones I hate. Long rebounds are whatever at this point. Like, it just happens. But, like, it's the ones that, like, are right there, and there just isn't a desire of sorts to go after it. Or, like, guys just aren't in the right position. Their heads are turned. Like, they need to get better at that. Even though, like, if you look at the stats, it's actually not as bad as it looks or not as bad as it looked. I know, I know, like the I know the Rockets ended up with a lot more uh, defensive rebounds, but you, when you miss more shots, when the other team misses shots, you you get more, you get more rebounds. That is, it is what it is. Yeah, but you know they do need to get better at rebounding the Kings. Now here's another question: Do you think our second half scoring is going to be a problem from here on out? Because I mean, in the first half, we came back from what. I want to say a 20 point lead from the no, Houston Rockets. 17 was what I read. 17. We came back. Um, you know, we were still down for just what a, a board or two. But, uh, you know, our third and fourth quarter still seems pretty lackluster, even though we somehow outscored Houston in the third quarter. It's 15 points for the third quarter is still not great. Again. I thought the Kings just missed shots during that stretch. Like that was kind of that was kind of the moment that they could have just taken over the game, but their offense just wasn't there this game. And again, their the Rockets, Rockets defense had something to do with it. The Kings also just missed shots. It is what it is. I don't think it's so much the process; it's just the result right now. That's why I'm not worried about guys like Keegan. Like he's getting open shots, but they're just not going down. Oh yeah. Well, let's hope this won't be a problem in, you know, the later half of the season, I guess. And again, a lot of this can actually go away if De'Aaron Fox had come back. Well, Now, if he's 100%, I think this, like, that that would be great, but I don't think he'll be 100%. So we'll see how, how that works. But, like, again, there were so many moments where I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking at the game. I'm just watching the game. Like, De'Aaron would, would get you a bucket right here and stop the bleeding before it ever gets too bad. Or like, you know, oh, it's a tie. We're up one. Now you really got to put your foot down. De'Aaron was right there to blow right by right by, um, right by, by Dylan Brooks and get a bucket against Alfred Shingun at the rim. Like, you, you just, you needed a little bit more. You needed a real, like, unstoppable creator on the team. Like, in those moments. And the Kings have one. 
Oh yeah. So ultimately I don't take that much away. I mean, I would, don't get me wrong. I was really pissed looking, watching this game, particularly because of the refs. The refs really pissed me off this game. And you know, like the emotional thing is like, say, Oh, the Kings, the Kings are, you know, falling apart. Now Uh, the Kings, you know, they lost their identity. It's one game. Like they shot pretty badly, but you know, they played some good defense. They were in it up until like the fourth quarter. So I, I don't take too much away from this game. It is what it is. Move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about uh, about this game? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> like I said, hopefully we could bounce back on Monday. Okay. Uh, quickly, uh, Fox was, uh, I think it was yesterday, um, Friday, uh, the third. He was at his old high school, Cypress Lakes High School. Um, he got his jersey retired at his high school, so that was really cool. His team is called the Lakes, which is interesting. Not the Lakers, just the Lakes. Um, and, and yeah, so all all his teammates were in attendance. Uh, Kevin Herter took a video where he basically like just put the camera in Keegan's face, and Keegan kind of just shied away from it, which was pretty funny. So yeah, there there was that. And also, a uh, Trey Lyles did not travel with the team to Houston. He so he will be out for the next game as well. Yeah, it's another guy that I kind of miss on the <laughs> on the floor sometimes, but you know, as long as he uh, continues to you know regain his health, hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, okay. Well, if you don't have anything else, let's quickly just go over to a uh, crown jewel, which happened this morning in uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Um, I mainly just have two things to talk about. Do you have any thoughts? Not really. I, with, when it comes to WWE pay-per-views, I always forget it's a Saturday. I, For some reason, I still keep on thinking it's a Sunday, but, you know, I mean, looking at the... It wouldn't have changed anything, literally, because you were, you were not watching this at 10 in the morning. No, yeah, definitely not. But, um, I mean, well, let's just go on to, I guess, the results, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's only really two that I really care about. I mean, the other the other results were whatever to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, so EO Sky beats Bianca Belair. Kyrie Sane returns. So that's actually that was actually really cool. She looked like a Power Ranger. It looks like she's heel and is actually going to be part of uh, EO Sky's EO Sky's uh, faction. So that's going to be really cool. If you if you don't if you don't remember in NXT before Kyrie was called up, she was supposed to do a storyline with EO where presumably she was going to turn on or EO was going to turn on Kyrie. But Vince McMahon and his almighty uh intelligence and you know competence called Kyrie up in the middle of an NXT storyline and that storyline was dropped and the storyline was just very hurriedly replaced by Candice LeRae, who didn't really have a connection with EO, really. And they were just going to pretend that, you know, they were friends the whole time. It was a bit awkward, but I assume they're going to do a version of that uh, storyline. So I'm actually very excited. Hmm. So you're thinking Kyrie will be the one turning this time around? I think it's going to be EO, but that's actually going to be very tricky to do. But we'll we'll see. Mm, yeah, we'll see. Um. Okay. What, what what did you what did you want to talk about? What results did you want to talk about? I'm <laughs> not gonna lie. The only one that, uh, well, really could change the 
I guess story would be the Rey Mysterio loss. That's I mean, cool that uh, what you call what's they, his name? They gave it to Logan Paul, and yeah. I would not care anymore. That I have I'm I'm officially not going to care about the U.S. title anymore. Um, there's a, there there's been a well, I don't think it was a report, but I, I remember seeing a tweet is that uh, they're probably going to move L.A. Knight to the U.S. title, and that's going to be a great that's going to be a great moment, you know. You know, actual badass takes it away from a guy who thinks he's a badass. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how that story goes. Um, I don't know where this will be going for um, uh, what you might call it, LWO. Oh well, it, it, they're probably going to move on, move into kind of the LWO split. I've, I've already forgot his name. Uh, something, something Santos. I can't, I can't think of his name, but his, he's his, uh, his pupil, his disciple is probably going to end up turning on him. Ray Mysterio, that is. Ah, uh, I see. Well, hopefully that story will be uh, good. Is it Santos Escobar? Santos or? Escobar, that's his name. Yeah, I do okay. remember Santos something. So yeah, I guess we'll see about that. Um, other than that, you already mentioned Eel Sky. Uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about the LA Knight versus Roman Reigns thing. Uh, like, look, uh, if you were if you were not incredibly naive, or just incredibly just hopeful, or just honestly incredibly stupid, you, we knew that LA Knight was not going to win. <laughs> be no. the Roman Reigns. <laughs> But it kind of goes back to the thing where, like, I thought the shtick was old by the time WrestleMania. Like, you know, the, the Sami Zayn, like, losing because of interference, that was where it officially got old. And then for WrestleMania, the Cody thing, that was when it was done. Like, it was just, can we stop fucking doing interference? And can we just get up a baby face that is smart enough to get some goddamn backup? Like, it's been three years of him doing the exact same shit. Like it's you know he fights you and then he's gonna get he's gonna get the bloodline involved in kayfabe. If you're not a complete moron, you 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 might watch the tape and say he's probably gonna come with the bloodline at, at a certain point. Get some goddamn backup, man. Anyways, like it and look look look. La Knight is not like a a guy that you would think would be able to beat Roman one on one. Like it's it's weird to explain, but like I just thought like you don't need interference for this. Just have Roman win clean, and it doesn't hurt LA Knight in my opinion. But it's the same old shit. You get like you know it's a slow match, and you know Roman is amazing at this where he builds the he's the best like builder of a match, like a long match where it's where it's, it starts out very slow, then it really really picks up towards the end, and then of course the interference stuff. I just think like you could have just had Roman beat him clean and he doesn't lose much of anything. The shtick is just getting old with the bloodline constantly getting involved. Yeah, pretty much I would say eight. Well, 80% is um pay-per-view. It's it didn't really change much for the WWE in terms of storyline, besides, you know, EO coming back, not EO. Kyrie. Kyrie coming back and Ray was in the belt. Other than that, I mean, the rest, it's just fuck all. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't that interesting for the most part. I mean, these Saudi matches usually are fuck all shows. Like, they usually are, they're glorified house shows where nothing really happens. I mean, off the top of my head, like, usually stuff that happens on this show are usually bad. Goldberg beating the Fiend. 
Goldberg yeah. and Undertaker. Yeah. Um, although, like, you know, this year it's been some pretty good stuff. Like, you know, the bloodline turning on Roman. Remember, remember that? Remember when Jimmy Uso was the guy that turned on Roman? Ugh. Good times. But uh, you know, it, it's it's usually a pretty mass show, but uh, you know, it, it's fun to a certain degree. Like they have some pretty big matches, but like, yeah, in terms of storyline, they don't really change much. And it's good to see Kyrie saying back, but like it's rumor is apparently Roman's not even going to be a Survivor Series. Oh, man. And like he's probably not going to be at Elimination Chamber either. So he'll be at the Royal Rumble. But like, I really hope The Rock does not come back because for the love of God, I hate that I'm saying this. Just give Cody the fucking belt and just be done with this. I'm tired of this shit. Well, we shall see about that. Until then, I mean, it just seems like nothing's going to change. Will you be going to Philadelphia just to see Cody win? I was hoping that it was, you know, in L.A., but no, no, I won't be not going to Philadelphia. Well, well, you, you do understand that, you know, Philadelphia has a strong connection to The Rock, right? I'm joking. They don't. But, yeah. You know. I don't know know why Roman retained and it was not against the rock, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I I will say, okay, now now since we're on that topic, I will say Triple H is just, I don't want to say a fraud, but he is like muster up so much goodwill that a lot of people, I think, still think that Cody losing at WrestleMania was a Vince decision. Mind you, Vince, I don't think came back until like after WrestleMania. And from what I've heard, like it was it was not a like a not like a singular decision. Like even if you want to sugarcoat as much as you want, it was like a group decision where Roman wanted to retain. Triple H was okay with retaining and maybe Vince was involved. But the fact that people still believe there are some people that still believe Vince was the guy that decided it. No, like. I'm pretty sure Triple H had something to do with that finish as well. Yeah, probably. But it definitely made a very like, unexpected turn of events, I guess you could say. Like, like I, I definitely wouldn't have expected Cody to lose that match, not going to lie. I mean, you, you kind of do expect the interference, but... You kind of, I kind of have expected, but, but they threw that red herring. Like they had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come down. Like someone yeah. told someone told a great story. Like the story that that told, you know, like the bloodline was crumbling around them. The sins of the bloodline had come back to haunt them, which is what I hope the the storyline is going to lead to be. You you basically just lined up a bunch of guys that you know the blood uh, Roman and the bloodline have beaten. And you have them one by one just dismantle Roman. Like you have Drew McIntyre like come back. You have Sami Zayn like attack him. You have maybe you know squeezing some Seth Rollins in there, and then that's how Cody wins. Like that would be a great ending, and and that's what it looked like. And honestly, that finish kind of ruined the night to a WrestleMania. I thought it was a really good show leading up to it. It it could have been the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Like well, two nights technically. But like it, it definitely would have been one of the, like the top three uh, WrestleManias of all time had that had you know Cody just won. But you know it is what it is. You just hope for the love of God the, the Rock doesn't come back and Cody just finishes story because the Rock is not beating him for that title. Yeah, sadly enough. 
anyway, that was a long tangent. Uh, but yeah, it, all, either way, a crown jewel, whatever. I, I, I like, I really like Kyrie Sane coming back. Too bad LA Knight could not win it, but who was predicting him to win it? Um, yeah, so that that was kind of the pay per view. You know, yeah, WWE has been really good. I, I've been I've been really enjoying it. Now that they're really like, now that you know Triple H has really kind of dug in with his with his creative. Like, it's been a good product outside of the goddamn Judgment Day facing some combination of Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, uh, Jey Uso, and Sami Zayn. Because, like, even on this show, it was Sami Zayn versus J.D. McDonough. <laughs> like, it, it, it's just a it's just a never-ending vortex. Uh, yeah, I mean, do they not have any other people to, you know, face each other or any storylines to tell other than Judgment Day or the Bloodline, yep. <laughs> to be honest? I mean, lo- I mean low-key, like, this is a kind of a, a low-key... Kind of more of a lesser known thing. Triple H, even in his black and gold days, was not great at the TV episodes for NXT. There were a lot of filler episodes. And, you know, now we're just kind of seeing it on the on the mainstream, I guess. And, you know, it's a lot of repeat. Like, just mix it up a little bit. Like, just have it go some. Like, J.D. McDonough, I don't think it's, I think it's still not officially part of the, part of the Judgment Day. Like, they've been telling the story where, like, they don't trust them. But then, like, he saves them, and then it looks like they trust them. And then next week, they don't trust them again. It, it's very weird how why they're doing it this way. You hope this ends at Survivor Series and maybe War Games. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Not really. I mean, this week is uh, a bye week for Niners, so I, we can't talk about that until next week. Um, I mean, anything else going on with you in terms of the gaming uh, side of things? Uh, not really. Um, but uh, I I did watch another episode of uh Last of Us. I've, I've had some finally had some time lately. Look, that that show's really good. I I just I would just recommend you watch it. Um, just you know the acting from I, I, Pedro Pascal. That's his name. Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. is really good. And like, I actually had to tell our buddy who watched the Game of Thrones, he's the Red Viper. And, you know, in the Red Viper, he has like a mech, like a, like a, 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 what's it called? A uh, Central American accent. So like, it's it's just really cool how he has a, basically a full on American accent in, in, uh, in Last of Us. Just a very talented actor. Very, very, uh, what's the word? Uh, Flexible. Very versatile. versatile, versatile. There we go. That's the word. Yeah, I mean that guy. He's he's busy. Like he had Mandalorian earlier than now Last of Us, and as once so season two start uh, was it starting productions next year too? Yeah, he's gonna be a busy man, and like it is a very good show. Even if you don't watch, even if you never play the games, I recommend you watch it because, like, honestly, it's pretty. It I wouldn't say it's better than the game. But like it adds more, it even adds more to that universe that like you, they just couldn't put in the game, you know. Mm. Uh, but like it really flushes, like they really add a, like more details to the universe. They add like some more character to to the show, and just it's really good. And it follows the game really well. You you'll probably know what happens if you play the game. But even if you're not into video games, I very much recommend it. Mm, I see. So yeah. 
Okay, that's all I have. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not really. I was going to talk about how I kind of burnt out on Diablo, but I mean, you, I haven't seen you on in a while for that game. Yeah, I've been uh, busy. Um, <laughs> I can tell. I, yeah, I've been just real. <laughs> I just watched a really funny clip. I, I'll text. I'll just message you in a bit. Uh, but yeah, so I, I've been I've been busy lately, so just haven't had a chance to play. But yeah, I've kind of hit that kind of hit that uh not ceiling, but I've hit that burnout phase where I'm not sure if I'm gonna. I just got to level sixty, for example. I just don't know if I'm gonna go through uh keep going because it's a lot of the same thing. Although I did uh in the Helltide area, I did get the three hundred uh piece um the three hundred piece uh chests, so that was pretty cool. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you want to call it? For me, in terms of um, Diablo, I mean, I hit 83. I don't know if I told you that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. But um, what you want to call it? I mean, some people hit 100 by day two of this season, which is even crazier. But uh, for me, 83, I beat Uber Dorio, I think nice. it was his name. Dorio, and, yeah. Yeah, and... You know, initially my goal was for the beginning of the season was to be Uber Lilith, but I mean it's just too much of a grind to get there. And I've heard the terrible things about uh fighting um Uber Lilith where it's like it's not saying that she's as tough as like any Elden Ring boss or any Dark Souls boss per se. It's just she has some bullshit mechanics that <laughs> You gotta kind of learn how to do, and I'm not. I'm just not willing to uh, put the time into that. So, I mean, for me, j- just to get up to Uber Dorio, I mean, that's good enough for me. Good enough for you. So, like, you know what? I mean, let me know if you do end up being Uber Lilith, and then you can put that achievement to rest. Maybe I don't know. I mean, a lot of the good changes that Diablo has done. It's nice for this season, sure, but I it's, it's still a far ways to go. And they did announce, I think, the new DLC okay. uh, during BlizzCon. I think I, I don't know if I'll get it. They they try to hint on a new character, which I'm like, uh, well, do it at some <laughs> point. Yeah, maybe some point, just not now. I feel okay. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh yeah, I'll probably I'll probably try to play more if I can. We'll we'll see. Oh yeah. Okay. If you have nothing else, let's call this an episode. Uh thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Yep. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>